Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hyrule and Other Words podcast. I'm your host, Timothy Mangle. And uh, this week we're doing a solo episode. And uh, normally I have a topic that I'd like to share with everybody, um, that I dissect and kind of dive into. But this week uh, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Um, I just feel like it's time for me to kind of share... Uh, my story and you know where I've where my uh, spiritual journey has really taken me over the past uh, 14 years that I've been spiritually active let's say um, but yeah um, and the reason that I'm doing this is because I've noticed that I'm starting to get a lot of new listeners to the podcast who don't know me uh, personally or know me through some friends or something like that um, and I'm, I'm very grateful that you're here and that you're listening. Um, I really do appreciate that. So I figured it was time to uh, share my story, share where, you know, I, I've come from because I, I feel like it'll really help understand, uh, it'll really help everyone understand the heart behind this podcast and why I do it. Um, yeah, and what I hope to you know, do through it or accomplishment, accomplish through it or, or whatever that is. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very grateful that I'm in a position where it feels necessary to, to share my story. And, um, yeah, just, so just thank you for that. And, um, it's kind of weird for me cause I, I really enjoy doing this podcast and I really enjoy teaching cause I'm a teacher at heart. I, I really do. Um, that's, that's something I really enjoy. So it's, you know, during the week, I think a lot about, you know, I want to talk about this on the podcast, I want to talk about this, and there's just so much, and so it kind of is a little weird for me to take a week off from kind of really diving into a topic or a specific thing to just kind of talk about myself. So I wouldn't be doing it if I didn't think that it was beneficial or that this couldn't be as informative or, you know, um, fun, entertaining, or as enlightening as any other uh, podcast that, that I put up. So I guess I'll just start. Um, I was around 17 years old when I really started um, being serious about my faith um, or, or getting my faith, I, I should say, rather, because growing up, um, even though my mom's a, a psychic and into all this stuff, it wasn't really something that we um, talked about much at home or based our family around or anything like that. Um, which I actually do think was a good thing that I wasn't like coddled by this or pigeon held by um, a certain worldview that came later. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we went to church fairly, not, I mean, kind of often, just, you know, traditional like go on Easter and, you know, the big holidays or whatever it is. And, and I was confirmed. But the idea of having a relationship with God or, developing your spirit or whatever that is whatever the spiritual journey is those things didn't really become evident until uh, around when I was 17 and uh growing up I was a skateboarder not a very good student and uh I was fairly depressed um and that started when I was around 13 years old was uh I just remember being very depressed uh, and for a lot of reasons that you know, I'm going to try to, in this episode, be as um, honest and open about everything that's happened to me, um, but also, you know, 
not shame anybody or, or throw anybody under the bus because that's not my style. Um, but yeah, I, you know, had problems with family and friends and a, a really bad relationship. Um, so, you know, everyone knows what it's like to be a teenager in a bad relationship. It doesn't go well. Um, yeah, so I was just really depressed. And one of my classmates in my Spanish class noticed this because um, it was fairly evident because I would just sit around being a sad sack of shit all day. And so uh, she invited me to her church, and I I really can't remember the first time I went to like a Sunday service or anything like that, but my first real memory of interacting with uh, the church was we went to this meeting where um, some of the, the members of the church were deciding that they were going to be doing a fast. And I had heard of this idea before, but it was never really something that um, I wanted to do or whatever, but... As they were talking, I, I really liked the idea of how they were presenting it because they weren't saying, like, you know, give up food or whatever. But what they were saying was, you know, every, everybody has things in their lives that consume them, their mental state or consume them emotionally or whatever it is. And it's best at times to be able to put that aside and to, um, yeah, focus on developing your inner world or, or focusing on your relationship with God was really the emphasis of this particular group. And uh, yeah, so I I don't really, you know, because I was, as a kid, I was never against the idea of God or, or really for it. It was just kind of this thing that existed like basketball or anything else. It just kind of existed along with, with everything. Um, so I decided to do this fast and, and I decided that I was going to use the time to read the Bible. Uh, I decided to fast watching TV. So instead of coming home from school and just popping on some cartoons or scrubs or using my favorite show to watch after school, um, I would I would read my Bible. And so I remember like the first couple of weeks I didn't really do this. Um, I just didn't watch TV. But then after a while I was like, yeah, I should actually start like reading the book. And uh, I, something in, interesting started happening from that. Um, and I this only happened a f- handful of times, but. Um, never really afterwards. So I started like reading the Bible and for anyone who has never really dived into the Bible with no, you know, understanding of it, it's, it's a very confusing book to read. Um, and on several occasions, cause I would wake up in the morning and I, I really started to enjoy reading the Bible. Um, so I'd wake up in the morning and I would do that before I went to school and in the night again, this happened to me on several occasions, I would have dreams about the scriptures that I was going to be reading the next morning, not knowing that I was going to be reading them. Um, And the dreams would help me interpret the scriptures or help me um, to better understand what, um, yeah, was, was laying out there. And so, you know, the phenomenon of whatever that was mixed with reading the Bible and, and starting to pray and all these things, that's where my spiritual journey really began. I don't have a day when I was like, you know, that's the day I can look back and be like, now I'm a Christian. But I remember that time was during the summer and my parent, uh, my dad and I were, and uh, my stepmom, we were going on a trip to uh, somewhere in Mexico. And we were in the airport and I, I can't remember where this came from, but I remember telling my dad that I was thinking about being a pastor. And I don't know if I'd actually thought about that at all. Um, but it, it sounded good. And, uh, 
Yeah, so sometime in the summer of 2007 is when I, you know, I got saved would be the language that, that evangelical Christians would, would use. And that was really the world that I was brought into was evangelical Christianity, um, which looks, you know, a lot like uh, very modern worship music, very modern sermons, um, but a very, cons- uh, I mean, we've all, we all know to some degree the evangelical Christian gospel. It, it looks something like man is born sinful. Uh, there's nothing that he can do to redeem himself out of that. So God needed to become flesh as Jesus to sacrifice himself back to himself to um, appease his anger towards individuals. And the people who believed in Jesus or repented of their sins and, and confessed him as Lord would be free from that judgment and not be sent to hell, but rather be sent to heaven upon death. Um, and that's, that is very, very much so the evangelical Christian gospel. Um, and it's the, the idea behind it is, do you believe that or not? And we'll kind of get into that later, maybe if I can remember, but, um, yeah, it's, that was, that was the, the spirituality that I was handed. Um, I didn't really have any other worldview or any other inclination into anything else. So it was very much this idea of, you know, you know, Jesus is God. He's the only God. Um, and the purpose to be here is for us to know him. And I fell in love so much with uh, Jesus. I really did. And I, I loved the whole thing. It, it really helped give meaning to what was at that point a very meaningless uh, existence. And a very hurt existence that needed something to kind of help alleviate the pain or kind of to at least give yeah, the suffering some sort of purpose purpose and which you know we all need um and yeah and I, I i just loved it um i started a bible study in my school that went on for years after i left that i actually went back and taught at i um started a band that you know all of our shows we would do prayer meetings beforehand and stuff like that and uh, i did um bible studies outside of school i did even baptisms just I was really on fire for this this whole thing, and the the reason was was because I was such a sad little boy, and had found this thing that offered hope and and meaning, and I wanted to share that to people around me who I knew were struggling with the same thing. Um, and I mean that's still why I do what I I do today. It's a little bit different, but I understand that we all s- suffer, and it's best to have a way to help alleviate that, right? So, you know, this went on for, I was, I guess I was in ninth, uh, 10th grade when, when that happened. And so, you know, I, I never really wanted to go to college or anything like that. And I had this idea of being a pastor, but uh, someone or somewhere along the lines, I decided I wanted to be a missionary. And I originally wanted to go to Russia, um, but I had a friend who worked, used to work with an organization called Youth with a Mission or YWAM. Um, Youth with a Mission, or YWAM, I'm going to probably be calling it YWAM for the most part, is an international organization that has uh, several different training programs or schools to help develop um, individuals as Christians, to, um, you know, equipped missionaries for work on the mission field, whatever it was. There's uh, biblical studies, I'll dive into that in a little bit. But 
so we uh, I, I talking to my friend she decided to that it would she said to me you know it's probably best that you go to a place that um, has really good teachers and all these things first before kind of going off into um, just the vast wilderness of Russia so I decided I would go to Taiwan and, and do some of the, the training programs there so this was around the uh, September 2009 was when I moved to Taiwan and you know it was it was a, a really amazing experience I, I want to dive into kind of everything that I did there first and then I'm going to kind of talk about my spiritual um, journey alongside of that so I did this first training program called discipleship training school um, or DTS DTS is about five or six months long depending on where you go uh, which country or which uh, part of the organization part of YWAM you go to the first half of the school is uh, lecture phase so you'll get taught about you know the Christian gospel the character and nature of God the Bible um, evangelism uh, just a whole bunch of stuff about you know three months worth of stuff and then the last two or three months um, are spent on doing an outreach. So you'll fly to a different country or you'll do uh, missionary work domestically from wherever you are. And I flew from Taiwan to China for a month and then I was in India for a month. Really didn't like China, and I'll go into that in another episode that I have planned, but I, uh, I really loved India. And uh, I was tempted to stay there, but uh, decided, felt felt like I was supposed to be in Taiwan. Um, and so after that school was done, I went on to something that was called the School of Biblical Studies, or SBS. SBS was a nine-month program where I would study the... would At the end, I would have read the Bible five times from start to finish. I will have color-coded the whole Bible as well as broken it down into my own sections and chapters and yeah, given names for each section and, and all these crazy things. I ended up having to essentially write my own biblical commentary, which was the, uh, the homework of the school is you write a commentary on each of the books or the chapters and you have to write a historical report and all this stuff. So I have this huge stack of biblical commentary written by Timmy Mangle that uh, will probably never see the light of day. But I, that was such a, a I met so many wonderful people during that time, and it was such a, a really, really challenging time because the work was very hard. But also, I mean, when other, what other time have I ever gotten to spend that much time reading the Bible or studying the Bible? I haven't, I haven't ever since or before then. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Now, after SBS is this kind of follow-up program that's called the Titus Project. The Titus Project was um, this little three-month course. The first month was essentially just teaching you how to be a teacher. The, the whole idea of the Titus Project was, listen, you just spent nine months studying the Bible. It's best that you take that information and go teach it to somebody. It's not best that you just kind of sit on it. So did one month of um, kind of learning how to be a teacher, and I had already done some teaching and whatnot, um, so it wasn't too hard or new to me. Um, but then I ended up getting to go back to India. I got to spend two months there traveling around. I mean, we were in a new town almost every other night. Um, 
and we were teaching at uh, Bible colleges, at churches, um, whatever, uh, pastor seminars, just all these crazy things. Um, yeah, and, and like I said, I, I really loved, I, I love India. I would love to go back. Food, people, everything is, is amazing. Um, and I am a little bummed that I didn't get to go in my time of spirituality where I appreciated Hinduism more. Um, but uh, who's, who's to say that I won't end up getting to go back there? So after uh, Titus Project, I actually went home to the States for a little bit and um, did some fundraising. So what that means is the organization that I worked for didn't pay. It was a, it was a nonprofit, so it didn't pay its employees. Um, so you'd have to go home and raise your own support or come having your own support or, or whatever that would be. So I went, I went home and I did that. I found a bunch of individuals who were willing to give to me. My church was also willing to give to me as, as well as, you know, some family members. Um, so because of all of that, because of all this, you know, beautiful generosity, I was able to have a, a, a fairly comfortable life in Taiwan, which wouldn't equal a fairly comfortable life here in the States. But, um, yeah, I was very grateful for those people. And it was, it was very nice to know that, that people believed in me and that they supported what I was doing. So during my SBS, I actually met this guy named Caleb, who's from Canada. So Caleb from Canada is quickly became one of my closest and, and dearest friends. Um, and I, the relationship and the bond that I have with him is really inexplicable because we, we started the skateboard ministry together during uh, this SBS, we, we ended up meeting and having conversations about, you know, we both skateboarded and we wanted to uh, help the skateboarders of Taiwan come to have a uh, relationship with Jesus. I mean, that was the whole purpose of being a missionary. So uh, during, while I was doing all this schooling, um, Caleb and I started this ministry. So I go home for a little bit, promote this ministry, kind of get some support for it go back to Taiwan, and what I'm doing is studying Chinese part-time and also doing the skateboard ministry with my buddy. And uh, that went on for about three and a half years. So what did my spiritual journey kind of look like throughout that whole thing? Somewhere, you know, I, I came into it and I was very passionate, like I said, and I was very much into the idea of God being this beautiful and loving thing entity and, and being that wanted all of his people to come to him. And that was the whole reason that I was there to was to invite a, a, a people that, you know, largely didn't know about him to, um, you know, come into his embrace. Now, according to the Christian gospel, like I mentioned earlier, anyone who doesn't believe uh, that Jesus died for their sins and rose from the dead, literally, um, that that actually happened, that those people would be condemned to hell for forever. Now, I was told this, and I, I, I really struggled with it for a long time, but then when I got into YWAM, YWAM preached this message of that they were non-denominational and that they were open to every Christian branch, which wasn't the case. Um, it was very much an evangelical Christian organization with the idea, with the understanding of, you know, I say this is, there are many Christian gospels. There's many different interpretations of what the good news of Jesus Christ is. Um, 
but this organization across the world is very much a evangelical Christian uh, gospel, which again is, you know, without faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be condemned to hell for forever. And uh, yeah, like I said, I really wrestled with this, but YWAM essentially said to me, and I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but it was like, listen, you can't be a Christian and not believe in this. And the, I, I know that now that they only believe that because somebody else told them that and somebody decided that at some point in time. And I don't necessarily believe that that's true now. In fact, I don't believe that that's true now. Um, but yeah, we're, we're jumping ahead a little bit. So I, I was really, you know, I had a hard time with this because I was living in this nation that was, you know, there's 23 million people when I lived there and 2% of them were confessing Christians, which meant a lot of people, if the nation of Taiwan just stopped, would have been, you know, condemned to um, eternal conscious torment. And that weighs on a compassionate person such as yourself. Uh, Caleb and I spent a lot of time praying and asking God to move through our ministry, and he did. People, people with problems in their life were able to figure them out and handle them because of the the message that we handed to them, that God was with them, that God loved them, that God had a plan for them. And these, you know, several individuals that, that we worked with were, you know, actually very grateful for that. But a, a lot of the people that we tried, you know, witnessing to and evangelizing to just didn't have any interest in it. And you know, it's understandable because it's not their religion, it's not their worldview, it's not their culture, and um, I mean, I can go into a whole other thing about that, but it was just very difficult for me, for multiple reasons, to not see um, these people coming to know Jesus. One of the reasons it was difficult was because I had such a close and personal um relationship with God when I was first over there that I just wanted everyone else to have that because that sensation feels like contentment or um, you know just inner peace you know so I I want everyone to have that um, and I would hope everyone wants everyone to have that uh, yeah so oh, I kind of lost where I was going there so I'm just going to jump in at some random point Caleb and I started a, a little church, you know, it didn't have too many people, but we were meeting fairly regularly and, and meeting with people and, and going through the Bible and all that stuff. But I was quickly being discouraged by, just like I said, the fact that for the most part, people didn't care about this. And, and another reason that it was so frustrating um, was because I was getting a lot of pressure from my church back home of, hey, why aren't you, why aren't more people being converted? You know, we're, we're helping you out with X amount of dollars a month, and we would like to see more people being saved. And it was never really said that way directly, but it was very much heavily implied. And towards the, the end of my time in YWAM, I, I ended up having to come back to the States, and I lost some support uh, just from individuals that I had to try to make up, and also I had to meet with my church and try to help them understand everything that I was doing over there, why it was so difficult to convert um, Buddhist out of, uh, and Taoist out of their, you know, 
because the thing about Buddhism and, and Taoism is that it's not so much a religion, but it's more so a philosophy. And, and the difference between religion and philosophy is philosophy is very much about how do you live your life. So there is very much so an American way of doing things in American culture. And we don't really have anything in a religious or a philosophical sense that we would equate that to. But I remember a buddy of mine who's a missionary in Thailand said one time, he's like, for the Thai people, to, to be Thai means to be Buddhist. And to be Buddhist means to be Thai. Like, you just can't separate those two things, which is something that we don't really have here in the West because we believe you can choose your religion and... And all those things. Now, so, you know, I'm working, I'm, I'm going to school, I'm learning Chinese, I'm, I'm starting this ministry, I'm meeting with people, I'm having conversations in my second language, um, I'm trying to teach the Bible in my second language, and I'm having very little interest and, and very little success. Um, people back home are starting to question what I'm doing over there and, and you know, if it's really worth the financial investment. And I was also in a relationship that was just really going south at the time. So I was back in the States and this was in the summer of 2014. And that's around, you know, I lost a bunch of support and I, I ended up having to, I only came home for two months and I ended up extending it for two more months. And it was just a really rough time because, you know, my ministry was you know, wasn't doing great. Um, I was losing support. I had problems with, you know, family. Um, and, and I ended up uh, getting dumped by that girl. So there was just a lot of things all piled on all at once. And through the course of all this happening, I was having my own inner struggles of you know, why isn't God showing up? If God is such a loving God, if, 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 his narrative really is about inviting people into him or, or being, you know, wanting people to come to him because, you know, my mentality was very much I need to bring people to God for their own sake. Um, and I would get very frustrated looking at God being like, why aren't you helping? Why is this so difficult? Um, and all those things. And, you know, why aren't you helping with my relationship? Why aren't you helping with my finances? And... A lot of those things just continued to snowball. And see, the thing with evangelical Christianity is, you know, faith is the thing that saves you. And therefore, to them, doubt or anything like that seems to be this thing that condemns you to hell. Whereas, really, faith is just, you know, it's it's something in, in place of doubt. Anyways, I, I really began to question whether or not God was real. Um, and this struggle... This I, I did this dance between not really believing in God anymore, but also knowing that I needed to be a Christian because if I wasn't a Christian, then I would go to hell, and that doesn't sound great. Um, and also, I remember having good times with God and Christianity, and so I wanted to be able to regain that. And I did this weird balance of all those things for, I'd say, 10 months. In the Part of that time was over in Taiwan, and part of that time was in the States. After my time um, home trying to regain support and all those things, I, I remember flying the day I flew back to Taiwan, or, or rather the next morning after I got back, I woke up pretty early in the morning with jet lag, and I went out to the beach, because uh, I lived pretty close to the beach at the time, and I remember sitting on the sand and being like, 
I'm done. I'm just done with being a Christian. I'm done with being a missionary. Um, I'm just done. And it was it was a very weird time because because I had spent so much time in the States and because of the way my visa was set up, I actually wasn't allowed to go back to the States until the next year. So I ended up having to stay in Taiwan for, you know, four or five months, something like that, with this heart of, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be a Christian. And, um, yeah. And so it was, that was a very hard time. I moved back. I ended up moving, moved back to the States, you know, and I moved back very much feeling with my, uh, tail between my legs of feeling like I had failed in Taiwan or that I had, you know, cause I went over there with such grand expectations of, you know, saving a nation and, and bringing them onto God. And I, I, I barely scratched the surface of it. Um, and the weight of all of it was just crushing me. Um, yeah, because I was trying to, you know, save these people from hell and I didn't necessarily see God doing anything. Now again, I don't I don't subscribe to that narrative of reality anymore and we'll get to that, but you know, that's very much how I interpreted everything that I was seeing. So I came home and I I did that dance for a while of of trying to balance everything and I just got tired of it. And I remember there's this I remember remembering that there's this Bible verse where one of the writers of the New Testament is writing a letter to a church that is dealing with a troublesome member who can't stop being rebellious or or wild or something like that. And what he says to them is, it's best for you to hand him over to Satan for a little bit so you may have him back for forever. And I was thinking to myself, maybe that's Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what I need is to just hand myself over to Satan so that I could be back for forever. And not that I did some weird like satanic or occult ritual to to make that happen. What that means is I just stopped living by the narrative of you're a Christian, you're supposed to do X, Y, Z, or you're supposed to believe X, Y, Z. And this is, I mean, if you're if you have listened to the podcast before, you'll hear me very much so railing against ideologies or people telling you how the world is and, you know, not being able to question those things. Because that was a very big problem within YWAM is that we weren't allowed to question. You know, I, I had some friends who had uh, who were teachers in some schools and they had presented some alternative takes on the Bible to some students and they got reprimanded for it. So there was just a lot of not so great stuff when it came to um, interpreting scripture or understanding the depths and, and the breadths of Christianity. So um, I ended up, you know, moving out of the house that I was in because they were a family from church. And I, I'm like, you know, I feel like this next season is going to be very messy and I don't want to put it on people who are just trying to do what's best for me. So I got a trailer with two of my buddies and, uh, you know, I was just my mentality was very much just, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to drink whatever I want. I'm going to smoke whatever I want. I'm going to, I'm going to say whatever I want. I'm going to believe whatever I want. And no one's here to stop me. And I did that for like a decent amount of time. And, and I, I very much rejected the narrative of, of, eh, I won't say very much, but I was done with God for at least a healthy while. And that it really tripped me out 
because for me, as I said earlier, you know, being young and not really understanding what the world is or anything, then then this whole religion comes along and it's it offers you like, hey, you know, here's a chance to have meaning and purpose in your life. And for me, that was really my only meaning and purpose for my whole life. And um, when it slipped away, I became incredibly nihilistic and incredibly discouraged about the state in which us humans found ourselves in. Um, and I, I very much was trying to understand how life, you know, if life had any meaning to it. And the birth of, you know, what, what that conflict within me birthed was I started uh, meditating and I also started reading a lot of books about people who were post-Christian, um, which I discovered was a, a growing number of people who would, were raised in this evangelical Christianity and was finding it wanting and left to varying degrees of severity. Um, and, and it was cathartic for me to find people who were also struggling with this, that their meaning and their, their understanding of reality had been pulled out from underneath them. Um, so I started getting into meditating and I didn't really, you know, it was just very casual at first and it's still very, it still is very casual, but, um, I would, I would start having these really you know, the only word I know to describe them is religious experiences that were very akin to other religious experiences I had during my Christian phase, or my missionary time, rather. And I that was a huge conflict for me, was how does life apparently seem... Because if you, if you just use logic, life seems very meaning, you know, meaningless. If you just look at the statistics of... Um, or uh, if you look at the science, you know, there's no real evidence for a God other than creation itself. But again, that doesn't necessarily point back to it just from a scientific perspective. And that was th very much so the, the mentality that I fell into was traded, you know, evangelical certainty for um, scientific theories. Let's say that. Um, so I was trying to balance these things of like, how do I have these religious experiences or deep, meaningful and connected experiences, but also have a science and a, a means of interpreting reality that ultimately pointed to nothing beyond a happy accident. Um, so, yeah, I struggled with that for a decent amount of time. And one night I was doing my meditation and it was very interesting and very different than any other time either pre or post i started to feel stuff happening in my head and the only way i can feel like the only way i can describe it was i felt like the channels of my brain were being rewired and not shortly after that i or not too shortly after that i felt myself leave my body and i ended up going into this vast void of nothingness, of, of just, you know, space and, and you know, be, well, beyond time and space. It was just infinite. And while I was there, I remember coming across this, what appeared to me as a giant blue wall. And 
in that moment and seeing that, I understood all at once that that was a whale, um, that it was God, and that it was me. And it was all those things simultaneously existing at once. And, uh, I mean, if you're watching the video, I, I have a whale tattoo here because of that experience. Um, a saint whale. But, um, and he's holding my Bible, which I thought was a fun little detail. But, um, yeah, and so I came back from that experience, and the only two things that I was really left with was I needed to move to Oregon, and that I, I, I remember the experience saying to me, pay attention to your senses. And from there, I really, my, my practice began, how do I not be controlled by these emotions or these sense of meaninglessness or my feelings or my thoughts or whatever it is? How do I, how do I learn to control them? And it really is, a, you know, again, if you've listened before, it's just about paying attention to them and not just surrendering and being washed away by them. So after that, uh, that experience, and again, having that, the, all this conflict within me, I decided to move to Oregon. Um, and I went with just one question in mind that I really wanted to dive into is what is God? And that was the driving force behind why I moved out there. You know, I was, I was very interested in why we as a species evolved to this place where we could have religious experiences that were so grand and, and you know, infinite, but that reality itself didn't give any tr real apparent reason for those, those phenomenons. Um, and, you know, just even, you know, you can't dissect a body and find a soul or a spirit or any of those things. Those are all word, um, placement holder words for larger phenomenons that we don't fully understand. Anyways, I go out to Oregon with this thesis of, or this question of what is God? And so I started reading, you know, uh, books by famous atheists or famous theologians or famous psychologists and just really tried to dive into the psychology of why humans are driven to interact with these religious narratives whether that be Christianity or Buddhism or you know um, pantheism or, or just whatever it is um, that that Throughout human history, from the dawn of time, we've had religious stories. And, you know, again, obviously there's some conflict there of, well, you know, how can we have all of these stories and can they all be right? But then are we even asking the right question there? Um, and so when I was in Oregon, I spent just, I, I spent all of my time trying to figure out the answer to that question. I, I mean that, like, Nine, 98% of my time that I was awake was spent doing some sort of either spiritual practice or having just long times of, of thinking of just, and that I did so much thinking in Oregon. I, I remember waking up multiple times in the middle of the night and I could still feel my brain thinking while I was sleeping. It was processing and it was because I was just taking in so much information. Um, and I was also... I would do like just I I started fasting again. Um, 
I started chanting, I started meditating, you know, on the on my days off or on the weekend, I would do like four hour long meditation sessions where I would just sit on my bed and, and meditate for four hours. And it was beautiful because I still had that, that conflict of not understanding how any of this could possibly be happening, but continually having these religious experiences or grandiose moments where I was swept up in something so much larger than myself. And, I, you know, again, there's no real day when I can say like, oh, this happened or this this changed and now now I believe this or whatever. But I, I remember walking around one day. And I remember just I was I was at uh, the truck stop that I worked at as a janitor, which was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. And I remember walking around and I, I looked at this tree and I just remember having this overwhelming sensation of I am not separate from you and you are not separate from me that we are intertwined in a way that is beyond comprehension. And I really under, began to understand that that's what the Christian message was trying to say, was not that God was this far-off thing that people needed to be brought to him, but that he was everywhere and he is everywhere, and that the proper mode of being is seeing correctly and embodying the right actions. And, you know, out of that blooming the the kingdom of God or the experience of God and I, I really started to understand that the the purpose of humans being here was to help embody God and that's the Christian message right God became flesh and, and dwelled among us and yeah so for me you know my spiritual journey there was a lot of heights and, and lows of you know questioning if it was real or just being soaked up in it or, or being completely deluded by it but a big thing that happened was I went from seeing God as this singular entity beyond time and space that people were just lost sheep without it trying to just going on and, you know, whether there was my, you know, evangelical days or my nihilistic days, I still thought that people lived predominantly meaningless lives. But now I have this understanding or this interpretation of God as this thing that is saturated into all things and that everything that is you know that reality itself is alive and it's interacting with this and that connection that i have between that leaf and it's that's god that's you know that god isn't just this one thing but that it's all things and that all things are one thing and uh yeah so for me that that was really the journey and and now I'm at this place of how do I continue to see the oneness and how do I continue to see God in, in everything, in the, in the pain, in the suffering, in the absence, in the presence, like it's all, it's all there. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I wish I could have dove into a lot of these things more, uh, but I, I try not to make this 17 hours long. Uh, yeah, but that's, that's really what happened. I mean, there's a lot of details that I kept kept out of there and, and stuff that um yeah I could elaborate on but that's really just the gist of it uh I hope I hope that you found it informative and I hope that you can kind of understand where I come from and where my heart is behind this whole thing and really is you know I just whatever and however you connect back to God it's I'm here to champion that, and I'm here to say that that is, you know, and again, God is such a placeholder for a word of 
you know, your own inner peace or or the whole purpose of reality or, or when people say the universe, they're they're all talking about the same thing as this as this spirit that flows through everything and is present and as everything and has been present since forever and always will be. And uh, I don't know. I I moved out of this narrative of God, you know, being beyond space and time, judging people and condemning them to heaven or hell, but understanding that heaven or hell are really just perspectives on how we're currently living the reality that is God. And that, yeah, there's there's nowhere to go, and there's only ways of being that better embody God or or push it away. There's now I and I. I Again, I kind of see God as the, the the peg that all of creation spins on, and that it remains steadfast, but everything continues to spin out of it, and it it remains the same. It is only the things that are spinning out of it that are confused about the thing. Anywho, uh, I think I'm gonna wrap it up because I feel like I'm probably just babbling on at this point. But um, yeah. If you enjoy this, I ask that you would just give us a like or subscribe or share this about. Um, if you want to help the podcast out any more than just that, we have a Patreon that will be linked in the description so you can check that out. We have a bonus podcast that comes out bi-weekly. And, yeah, there will be uh, one coming out this week. Um, so it's a dollar a month is the lowest tier. There's other uh, stuff that's a part of that. So check that all out. Um, yeah, and just keep being awesome, guys. I hope my story encouraged you. I hope that I get to hear your story someday. And I, I really just hope that whatever you're going through and, and wherever you're at in life, that you understand that it's where you're supposed to be, for better or for worse. And it's not a, it's not a season or time that is devoid of meaning or purpose or intention. That's all I gotta say, friends. I hope you're well. Um, I hope you're staying warm. God bless. <laughs>